This one's gonna be a little bit different than what you guys are used to. It's a little bit longer, and it's actually, a, we're pulling it from the audio out of a couple seminars that we've done. I think they're really valuable. I still think, you know, you're gonna miss out on some stuff because it's not visual. We posted all of these seminars, or we showed all these seminars on our YouTube channel, which is Dogbone Hunter. But I think the audio part of it is still valuable. I still think you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, so a little bit different format. They're a little bit longer in length, and I apologize for that. But I still think there's just a ton of value in some of the parts and pieces that you're going to be able to get out of these. So enjoy this epi these episodes, um, and we're going to continue to go back to the old format as well. So enjoy, and thank you for all your support. Dog training for an engineer can be tough. You kind of were engineer-minded. Jeff is a client. He had, he's not an engineer, but the way he thinks was very procedural. Like he likes step one, step two, step three. When we first met, he called me regularly. <laughs> he had a lot of questions. Why wouldn't you? You know, he's not, he's not a dog trainer. So he didn't want to make a mistake. He wanted to do it right. He was a, he's a perfectionist. Anybody in here consider themselves a little bit ADD? The engineer put his hands up. He's honest too. <laughs> I like that too. You're back there. Now, did you not have a dog? Nope. What do you? I got a dog, but not the kind of dog that we were talking about. Kind of dog you got? I got a mastiff. Mastiff, okay. I don't, I'll throw this out there. I don't think shed training is breed specific. I've done it with just about it. I've seen it done. I've worked with, you name it. Pointers, beagles, shepherds, spaniels, retrievers, all sorts of dogs. So I don't think it's breed specific, but so when we get into the idea of the engineer and, and the thinking of step one, step two, step three, throw that out the window. Forget about it. Because unfortunately, these guys are not robotic. My shed dogs will not, I think some people have a misconception when it comes to shed dogs and they think you sit in the trucks drinking coffee and they fill the back for you. It, it doesn't work that way. It's unfortunate, it doesn't work that way. Some people will lead you to believe that that's how it goes. Watch Instagram or Facebook, you'll see the highlight reels of the guys with the four month old puppies that are finding all these antlers. I have a really hard time believing it. I'm not saying they're lying about it, but I really think, like I'm gonna be just super transparent with you. Tito's 18 months, Spry is two years old. I've got a dog named Ellie, and if you watch back on some of our Facebook stuff, I took her shed hunting last year. She was almost three years old. She, she turned three. She was, she, her birthday was, I think her birthday is August. But she went shed hunting with me, and she was one of my personal dogs, and I really like her. I'm very proud of her. She's quite a little project for me. But she went shed hunting, and there was an antler laying there, and I saw it. And we went past it, and I went live on Facebook because I had been doing some stuff with her, and people kind of knew her. And I said, I'm going to show her finding her first shed. And that's risky. Like, live Facebook Live is risky as a trainer because that's part of why I do the disclaimer is my dogs will make mistakes because of me today, but the important part is, is what do we do when they make the mistakes? How do you learn from it? Like, that's the value of being here to see that. We made lots of mistakes Friday night. It was probably one of the more informational ones we've done because of the mistakes. My blood pressure went through the roof. I sweated profusely by about two-thirds of the way through because dogs just didn't do what I wanted them to do. And I was getting a little bit embarrassed. I was getting a little bit frustrated. So when I was live on Facebook and Ellie ran past that shed ten times, I'm not joking, she tripped on it multiple times. And I'm going, there's my shed dog that I trained no one's gonna believe me anymore because they just saw my dog run past it. That's what happens most of the time with young dogs because it takes, where's my little cheat sheet? Like I said, sometimes, sometimes, you mind if I take this? Okay, my assistant says, okay. Incremental training is on the bottom there. Like these are in no particular order, but they were because I used to have a real this is how I'm going to do my seminars, and I followed. Like, that guy had, a, had the thing. I asked to turn that thing off because it was blinding. When I first started doing seminars here on Friday, he asked me, where's your computer? I said, why? He said, for your PowerPoint. And you're not going to get a PowerPoint out of me. You're not going to get very much formality out of me. But one of the things on here is, number two is training a dog is nothing more than forming habits, and habits are formed by repetition and consistency. That's all a dog training is. 
It's real simple. I think some people think it's very complicated. It's not. It's terribly simple. You form habits. You avoid bad habits. You form good ones. So that's, that's it. The seminar is complete. <laughs> no, we'll get in. Some people looked up when I said that. That's really important to understand. So when that little dog ran over that shed, I was stuck because I had to show it. And what happened was is she ran over it multiple times and eventually she got close enough that my hunt command was, what we should, maybe we should put the dogs up here. You guys won't be able to see this, but position yourselves if you can see a dog because that one over there is kind of paying attention. Taylor's asleep. We'll get Tito up here. I use a hunt command called, it, it, I don't even want to say it, because I'll get dogs. I want you to see what the dogs are going to do. When I start saying this word, and I start saying it in this rhythm, and I start saying it in this cadence, in this tone, you're going to see the dogs change their personalities a little bit. Find it. Find it. Find it. Find it. Find it. Find it. Can everybody see a dog right now? Uh, I've been talking for 10 minutes. But I changed my pace, and I changed my tone, and there is a word there. Find it. Find it. Find it. Find it. Taylor's half asleep, but right now she's very awake. And right now, inside of her nose, I bet it's getting real wet. You know, you, you've heard of Pavlov ringing bells and classic conditioning. And so there's science behind dog training that way, I believe it. Classic conditioning is forming habits. Habits are formed by repetition and consistency. Well, all he did was he did something that scientifically the dogs start to salivate when they feed them. Like, you start thinking about the burger for lunch, you're going to start to drool a little bit. It's not just a cartoon thing. It's real. Like your body starts creating saliva because you have to process your food with it. Well, the dogs do the same thing. And as soon as I get the bowl of food ready, my dogs start to salivate. So did Pavlov's. But what Pavlov did was he figured out that there's outside influences, like ringing a bell, that he can do and he can time it at the same time. So when I start giving verbal cues to them, we're going to make a little retrieve here shortly. You guys made it. Now we're going to start. No, I'm just kidding. So if you stand up and look at the dog's ears now, that one's body language changed. She stood up and her tail started wagging. Taylor got up a little bit, and Tito is all focus on me. So Pavlov's, his classic condition of ringing a bell was timing of when he rang the bell to when he fed the dog. My dog's been quiet the whole time until now. Now she can't sit still and she whined because I got a bowl of food out. The first thing that woke her up was, find it, find it, find it. They're going like this right now because they can't help but think there's something to be found. So remember that because I'm going to get back to it. We're going to talk about, but I did that with Ellie. I gave her the hunt command and eventually... She stumbled upon this antler that was laying there. She recognized it from going back to training. She went back to understanding the shape of this thing. It looked more like this at the time, but you know what? That's pretty similar. And she saw it there after she had tripped on it. And I was timing this find it with her. And all of a sudden she went, she went to reach for it. And the second she reached for it with her nose, I went, Good girl, that's a good girl, that's a good boy, that's a good boy. And I timed my praise. And her, her tail went just like his did because he said, I, I'm doing something right here. And then all of a sudden she finished out that action and picked it up. And I really went, you're so good, that's, that's a good girl. And she picked it up and turned around and looked at me and went, that's it? That's all I had to do to get that out of you? And I said, yep, that's it. And I treated her like she saved the world. She brought it back to me and I, ah, oh, you're so good. And then the next one, she did the same damn thing. <laughs> she ran over it. But then, that was only number two. Two times in a row isn't enough to form a habit. You need to be consistent and repetitious. So, I'm going to show you, so that I don't lose you guys here. I can knock a beer can off of a fence post at 100 yards with one. I mean, I'm good at that. Like, he, he ducked. He said, no, you're good. I'm going to sneak it right past your ear. Now, next time I'll get you, so be careful. Okay, so there's a bumper out there right now. Now I've got Taylor over here. Taylor was the calmest, quietest, steadiest dog of the group. 
Now, none of them were bad. I'm not going to say any of them were bad. And maybe I'll do this, too. We tried to set this up. I thought about... Heel. I thought about using the stage to get it. I think we're going to make it... Ah, 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 ah. Whoa. You think she saw me throw the bumper? Like, I have a dog right now. This is Spry. She's two. She's condi she loves to retrieve. And, I, and, and I'll show you. Well, maybe I'll just send her because she's... No, nah, I'm not going to send her. So I'm, I'm talking this out as I go because you should know what's going through my head. Here's the part that's the, not the engineer-like thing is I just got to go in a lot of different directions and none of them will be as expected. Like, I wasn't sure exactly when we were going to make the first retrieve this morning. And I have friends that are, and I'm not saying it's just you, Grant, right? I'm not, so I don't want Grant to think I'm picking on him, because I'm not much. <laughs> he smiled, okay, we're good. Sometimes they don't like that. But I'm going to stereotype some types of people. Shouldn't stereotype. But I'm just going to classify it for, some people have a real hard time breaking outside of this idea of what you have to do next. Cooking versus baking. Anybody in here bake? You've got to raise your hand high. Yeah. So we've got, we got four bakers in here. Bakers know what they're doing. Like you have to or you're not very good at it. Okay. Anybody in here cook? Consider themselves a pretty good cook? Put your hands up high. There's a lot more cooks in here than bakers. You, you have a better chance of being a good dog trainer if you're a good cooker than a baker. And the reason is, is because when you're baking, if you make one little mistake, you miss an ingredient, you don't do something at the right time in the process, it won't turn out. You, it, a lot of times it, you look like what I produced. It's not real good. Cooking, I can cook, I can't bake. I don't have the patience for it. Patience is a big word we're going to talk about today. But I don't have the patience for that. I've got, I think I have patience in some areas of my life. I don't have it for cooking or baking. But I'll make a mistake baking, but I can cook all day. I, th I feel pretty good about it. Because if I don't have an ingredient, I just don't use it. Or I use something else that's close. I, you can substitute stuff when you're cooking. You can't when you're baking. Dog training is like cooking. It's not like baking. So we might do things, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work out that well because I have, don't have that ingredient. Well, then I'll just change it. i got to be flexible. got to be okay to be flexible. So I, I'm going to talk about what I'm thinking. I was going to send her for the retrieve because you know what? She stopped for me really nice. Did anybody think she was going to go down that aisle? Does anybody here have a dog that thinks if that was their dog, it would have been down that aisle? Does anybody think their dog would be all around this damn room already? You're honest, at least. So... I thought for a second as she stopped to my, ah, 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 did anybody hear my tone change? Did anybody wake up because they went, Jesus, he's pissed. <laughs> like, he got a little upset. I changed my tone and I got real nice response out of her. I was pretty happy about that. So I thought, you know what, I'll reward her with a retrieve. But then I thought, no, I'm not going to because she was kind of antsy over here. And the old girl over there has been real calm and quiet and steady. I'll give her the reward. So I'm changing my mind as I go. I think quickly. I don't always make the right decision. Sometimes I make the wrong decision. And then I go, hmm, that wasn't a very good decision. So then I take steps backwards and I go, let's redo it. I had to do that on Friday night with Tito. I made some really dumb decisions. I asked him to do stuff that he probably would have done really well at my house. But I asked him to do it in a seminar room with a bunch of people in an aisle that he could barely turn around with without hitting a chair. And he failed. He struggled. He had a lot of, he made some mistakes. And I got a little frustrated to begin with because I was embarrassed. And then I thought, well, now what? We tried something else. Didn't work. So I went from getting him to pick up an elk antler in front of the crowd because I thought that would be cool. And I thought everyone would think that's really awesome. To the idea of I just put it in his mouth and I healed him around on a leash. And he carried it around. And when he first started, he was like a step, he was like a robot. I'll show you that in a little bit. His body language told me, I am so freaked out right now, I'm not comfortable. And so I thought, I need to change this. So I ended up changing it. I got to the point where I got him walking through the aisle, wagging his tail and kind of loose and kind of feeling pretty good. And I told everybody, we're done with that. I'm going to end it on a positive note. You have to end stuff with these dogs positive. 
because every one of these dogs wants to make you happy, wants to make me happy, and that's, that's the biggest reward for them. So I'm gonna get her up, get up, get up, please. Taylor, Taylor, come here. So here comes the old girl. Now, anybody, it's cold outside right now. This dog is like molasses outside right now. She's very slow. She's so easy to handle. Anyone can handle her. She's super easy because of her pace. So I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna have you pay attention. I'm gonna pay attention to her pace here this morning. And then we're gonna show that one and we're gonna see a little bit of a difference, a lot of a difference. So I don't know if she saw the bumper or not when I threw it, I don't care if she did. The idea is the shape of an antler is gonna equal a retrieve. The retrieve is gonna get dad very excited. A lot of praise. Now, she doesn't need a ton of praise. If, you're, if you can see her right now, she's starting to get a little bit tense. Her tail is increasing the pace. It's really going right now. But she's half asleep one minute ago. But in that little amount of time, we just amped it up a little bit. Good. Taylor. He says, I know where it is, Dad. It's right back there. That was slow. Do you see how slow she came back? That's how her, that's her style. Taylor, Taylor. Get back. Good. Good dog. Good dog. She's picked up her pace a little bit, but anybody notice her happy meter back there? Boy, she's pretty happy. Good. All right, please. Go lay down. So, Taylor's five. Taylor's really nice. She's the White Tails Unlimited mascot. She's a shed dog. She's a tracking dog, finds wounded deer. She does upland. She does waterfall. She's a certified therapy dog. My wife certified her. They go to school, work with kids that have autism, different disabilities. She can give kids high fives. I mean, she's good. She does a lot of stuff. That little retrieve was very simple for her. I stopped her a couple times. I handled her a little bit. Has, doesn't help me much shed hunting, but if I have to, it's, it's not worth that, but it's real nice duck hunting. So I just do a ton of stuff. Why do I do so much stuff with that dog? To prove a point. You can do anything with them. They will never get everything out of them. So I do think that some people think, I can't have an upland dog and a shed dog because they're not gonna pheasant hunt as well if they're shedding. I had a guy yesterday ask me, what if you're, what if you're pheasant hunting and your dog brings you back a shed? Like he was gonna stump me with that one. I mean, I, was, I know he was waiting for me to be like, ooh, man. I went, boy, I'd be pretty excited. I'd take that shed and I'd put it in my pouch and then I'd continue to pheasant hunt. And if I'm shed hunting this spring and my dog flushes a rooster, I'd be pretty happy. I'd praise him for it and I'd recall him back. What does it hurt? It's cro there's cross training in everything we do. The best athletes, athletes play more than one sport. Like if you specialize with young kids, they get good at one sport, but a lot of times they quit by the time they're varsity level anyway because they get burned out on it. But the best athletes develop by playing lots of different sports because there's all sorts of different stuff that takes place in those different sports. Muscle memory is different. Team building is different. All these different parts of their life change. That dog is a better hunter because she hunts everything. So I, I, I want to show that. Now, that retrieve was simple. Shape of an antler equaled retrieve. She knows that. There's another one. Now, let's take Spry, here. Part of that whole thing was before she really wanted to go. Now I want you to understand something about Spry. At 10 months old, she wouldn't make a retrieve. I couldn't get her to retrieve. She's a Labrador retriever that didn't retrieve. At 10 months old, who in here has a puppy? Who in here has a dog that's not a puppy? So we're, about, we're probably heavy on puppies. 
who's got a dog, of the people that have puppies, how old are your puppies? Seven weeks. Seven weeks, baby. One. One. Who else had a puppy? Five months. Five months? We got one. One. Eight weeks. Eight weeks? I'm gonna talk about these puppy, I'm gonna talk about a little puppy stuff right after this, because we're gonna make a point on that. So, who's got the dogs that are dogs, not puppies? Age? Two. Two? Two, three, six, six, five, two, three. Yeah, you, guys, you guys passed the test. Usually people say, I don't have a puppy. I got an 18 month old. I don't have a puppy, mine's a year. Those are puppies. I call them, I've got two puppies up here right now and she's over two. She's a puppy. I think the problem with some of the times with dogs is they're deceiving because they look like a dog, but mentally they still are puppies. And when I say like months and months and months of foundation work before I get into the field and expect them to be doing field stuff. This dog didn't retrieve till it was 10 months old. A lot of people would have quit on her. I had a lot of people tell me you're wasting your time. Dog doesn't have it. On to the next one. I think when, when you have a dog, you have the luxury you can do that. When you have a kid, you can't. Like you can't just give up on your kid because, like, how old are you guys? Ten. Nine. Ten. Ten. Ten uh, five. And five. Okay. Did you guys make the varsity team this year? What do you? What sports do you play? Soccer, baseball. Soccer, baseball. Football. 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 Wrestling. Yeah. Do you know any wrestlers? Kelsey Anderson. Okay. You play sports? You play soccer? Did you make varsity this year? Did you make the varsity team? No. He didn't make the varsity team. He's five. Nick, I don't I think we probably find something else for him. He's probably not gonna make it. He doesn't have a chance. He's five, he didn't make varsity. Varsity high school level at five. I think he's probably not, never gonna be a soccer player. That's foolish to talk like that. You'd be nuts to say something like that. I think some dads maybe do think that, but you're crazy to think that. There's a lot of people with dogs that say, 10 months old doesn't make a retrieve. You wasted a long time. Move on. I'm going to show you what a 10-month-old dog that won't retrieve can do today. If you can see her, if you can't see her, get where you can see her. Because right now, she's making a point. I, make, I, I talk about eyes, the importance of the dog's eyes. The whole time I've been jabbering, now there's been a bumper out there for a little while. The whole time I've been jabbering, she hasn't left her eyes, she's looking to me. And she's going, what do you want me to do next? I'll do it. She has a, she has a, a inherent trait that's called biddability, a willingness to please. All dogs have it. Now, sometimes we think, that dog is doing things to spite me. They don't. I don't want to burst your bubble, but they don't. They follow leaders. If you don't give them a leader, they become one. So this, this has to do way beyond shed hunting. This is, I, the best shed dog in the world is useless to me if I can't take him here and do this. I can't take him to my kid's soccer game and watch that. I can't have him in the house. I, can't. I know people that all I want is a hunting dog until they get the dog home and they realize they hunt for a very, very small percentage of time. And the rest of the time is just normal life and they can't handle their dog. And they become a big burden. Why do you think the Humane Society is full of dogs? It's not the dog's fault. It's we didn't lead these dogs to find success. She would like to go for the retrieve, but she's being pretty calm, patient, steady, quiet. Sorry. Good. Good. Very good. Very good. Good. Hold. Little tail goes like this. She's just happy. Good. Good dog. Dead. Here, here, here. She's Get up. Get up. Okay. That was pretty good. For a 10-month-old dog that wouldn't retrieve, that was pretty good. I didn't give up on her. We worked through it. You know how I got her to make retrieves for me? I quit worrying about it. I was really stressed. 
I mean, I tried a bunch of stuff. It didn't work. I ended up going up north for the weekend to my parents' place. It was a 4th of July weekend. I was, the last thing on my mind was training dogs that weekend. We were just kind of doing some family stuff. My parents live on a lake up in northern Wisconsin, and I played retrieve with the dogs in the water. I had not retrieved with her in the water before. We made some retrieves in the water. She broke. She wasn't steady. She broke, ran in, and she swam out to that bumper, picked it up, turned around, and came right back to me like she was a field trial champion. And I went, my God, that's all it took. She just had to do it in the water. It's hard to spit it out in the water. You can't. So when you pick it up in the water, all you do is a tugboat. You just push it in. That was all she needed. And I looked like a little kid. I was really excited. Oh my God, you're so good. And that little tail goes, when I changed the tone, that's what she did. So it took that little bit. But who would have known? Who would have thought? Now I go, huh, next time I have a little struggle with retrieving, I think I'm going to try the water. I've done, it, I've done it since. Now, bowl of food. The guys that have puppies, keep an eye on the eyes. Keep an eye on the dogs. Taylor lays there, but her ears perked just a little bit. She barely got excited. Bowl of food isn't as exciting to her as a bumper these days. These two are real food driven. I'm not a treat trainer. I think treat training is bribery. I've got a 17-year-old son a nine-year-old daughter and a one-month-old daughter. Like, stay young, I'm just, that's my plan, is just stay young. Just, but some people think I'm nuts. But, so I've got these kids that they listen to me pretty good. I rarely have to yell at them. I'm not afraid to yell at them, but I rarely have to. But I've earned some respect from them. I've earned some trust from them. I'm big on building trust, confidence, and feel with these dogs. None of them wear a collar. They rarely wear a collar, much less a shock collar. That's a whole different subject. I don't use them. I think they create all sorts of problems. They disrupt trust and connection and feel, natural timing. My dogs don't do that. But when, they, when I get that puppy home, I start forming habits the day I brought them, bring them back. And that means seven weeks, seven months, seven years. I don't care how old they are. We're going to start forming habits and we start training the day we bring them home. These guys that have puppies... The kennel fed them on a routine, I guarantee you, probably four times a day, probably very close to the same time. Your dog has habits that have been formed because the last three weeks since they weaned off mom, this is the, not only the most exciting time of the day. Who else had the puppy? You and you. Anybody else have real little ones? How old is yours? 18 months? Eight weeks. Eight weeks, that was the one. So you can pick these puppies up. The 18-month-old is hard to pick up. How big is it? Okay, so you just change your technique. Same idea, change the technique. But we're gonna get these dogs, when they get excited, we're gonna make sure that they don't lose control before they get the reward. So I get the bowl of food out. It makes the same noise at my house that it did at the kennel. Sounds the exact same. And that conditioned habit starts where the dog goes nuts. They freak out. Oh my God, it's time to eat. They'll jump up and down. They're running in circles in your mudroom wherever you're feeding them. You do this in the same place, the same time every day, it becomes a habit real quick and it's driven by location because you're gonna do it in the exact same spot. You're gonna hold the little puppy and when the puppy freaks out, you're just gonna hang on. And you're gonna ride it out. 46 minutes is my record. I held Spry for 46 minutes live on Facebook. Probably the boringest one we've done. I just stood there. I didn't say anything, I didn't talk to her, I didn't give her any attention, I just held onto a puppy that wiggled and whined until I could get her to stop whining and fussing. And as soon as she did, I set her down and I let her eat. Now I do that in the morning and I do that at night and I do it in the exact same spot when they're very little. The bigger dogs, just get them on a lead. Bring them on a lead, have them sit. All I wanna do is have them stop fussing. Don't be antsy, just sit still for a minute. The puppy, don't whine, don't fuss. You listen to their heart. It just races because they're so excited. Question. But you, when you set it down, you put it several feet from About two feet. Oh. Two you know, with these little puppies, just right there. No, but like an older sand. An older, I'll extend it out, yeah. So one, number four is incremental training. We're going to build off of the last lesson, so we'll add distance to it. Great question. So. If you have a two-year-old dog, you put it out there 10 or 15. Yeah, I, yeah. Or you could put it 30, or you could put it six, because by the time you have, if you're starting out, I'd put it about two steps. Because I haven't done it. Yeah, so I'd do about two steps. 
And then I'd build off of that. So then once the pup stops wiggling, I set the pup down and I let it eat. And you do that for about two or three days and watch how quickly the puppy goes like this when you pick it up. They just lay flat in your arms because they know the last thing they did. Here's, this is why it's timing. Dogs have real short-term short, short -term memory. They have long-term memory, short-term memory, just like us. Their short-term is very short, 2.7 seconds. It's been tested. It's been proven. So when you have this short little memory, you get praise or you get pressure or correction. You remember it associated with the last thing you did. That's why timing is important. If that dog steps off and I wait four or five seconds to correct it, it has no idea that I'm correcting it for stepping off. It thinks it's being corrected because whatever it was doing while it was down on the ground, you miss the opportunity to learn. Set it down to eat, it goes, huh, all I gotta do is calm down and he sets me down to eat. Within a couple days, they go limp in your arms. They're just soft puddles. And I go, huh, that dog's really smart. So then I take the next step, incremental training, build off that step. I touch its feet to the ground. As soon as its feet hit the ground, it goes because every time up to this point, when you set it down, you let it eat. So now I touch its feet to the ground and it scampers and I pick it back up. What, did, what got it picked back up? The last thing it did. So I set it down, it does it again, I pick it back up. Set it down, pick it up, set it down, pick it up, set it down, pick it up. Till I set it down and the puppy pauses for just a split second. Feet hit the ground and for whatever reason it didn't go like this and I let it eat. And then I do it again. And then I do it again. Pretty soon, within a sh very short period of time, you set the dog down and they're a statue. They just lock up and they go, wait till he says my name. And I say the name and the dog goes. So then from there, I can push his butt to the ground. And the second his butt touches the ground, I send him. Then do that for a couple days, go get the bowl of food, you're gonna turn around and in the exact same spot that you've been doing this, you're gonna see a little puppy sitting there going, I know what gets me what I want. It's I gotta sit here calm, quiet, and steady. Now all of a sudden you got a dog, at like a week into it, watch how calm and quiet they get. Because if they fuss, they don't, get, they don't get what they want. Now, Tito here, is pretty tense right now. He's really ready. Where's his eyes? He keeps looking back up to me. What do you want me to do, Dad? What do you want me to do? Tito. So I send him, he gets his reward. That looks an awful lot like that retrieve I just did with Spry, doesn't it? It's the same setup. So before I'm ever retrieving with him, I'm practicing this drill. Now why do I need this drill? Because I'm gonna show you, we do those retrieves and we get in the hallway with the young puppies or we get in the hallway with these little bit older dogs and we close all the doors. Who has a dog that likes to run off with their bumpers? Victory laps, they like to make big circles. They like to play keep away. They come to you, they get about five feet from you. They look at you and go, come and get it. And then when you take a step, they run. And that's really fun. Those are habits that are formed that are hard to change. You gotta be careful. Sometimes the best dog training is don't train something into them. Don't train the bad habit in. Come on. Come on, come on. You wanna put that lead back on him? Tito, get up, sit, sit. So the way to avoid that or change that is set up yourself up for success. Go in the hallway, close all the doors, and work the dog straight down the hallway and straight back to you. Where can he go? can't go anywhere. So what habit do you start to form? Straight out, straight back. Straight out, straight back. If you have one right now that has the bad habit of running off, fix your situation. Like set it up for success. If you got a dog that likes to run victory laps around you, make your retrieve like this. Because I just took away 50% of where he can run. I, he can't go past me, he can't get around me. I, I eliminated an opportunity for him to fail. When dogs make mistakes, it's oftentimes my fault, most of the time, it's all the time. It's me setting them up poorly. So now when we get these dogs to understand, people get dogs to make retrieves, so the shape of the antler is conditioned in this way because when that little puppy stumbles on it, it doesn't poke them. I've had my first shed dog, was eight years old, she was a gun dog, bird dog. I cross trained her to pick up sheds. Then I got excited about it and I bought a puppy because I'm gonna train that one to shed hunt. And when I started shed hunting with that one, 
I got to about six months old, and I took an antler, and I threw it for it. Now, this is years ago. It's 2007. It's before I had this. I threw an antler for her. She was very excited. She looked just like Spry. She sat there quiet. She was patient. She, that's how I trained my gun dogs to be quiet. Get them to sit quiet for their food, and then we transition it to retrieving. My puppies start out retrieving a balled-up sock in the hallway because they have little puppy teeth, needle-like. They go out, they pick up a sock. They can't hardly spit it out. That's what I want. I don't want dogs to get in the habit of picking something up and dropping it. Pick it up and drop it. Pick it up and drop it. Pick it up, hold it in your mouth, bring it back to me. That's the habit. So I use things that help that happen. So we get that going. I got that dog and I threw an antler for her. Her name was Finn. She ran out to it very excited, just like Spry did on that one, a little shorter distance, but she hit the antler. She rolled over and she yipped. Yip, 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 yip. Tail went between her legs and she came running back to me. She poked herself with the antler and she thought it bitter. I mean, she didn't want anything to do with it. I had a little guy come up to me yesterday. I don't know, he couldn't have been more than 10. And he's looking at my, our stuff at our booth and we've got kits and DVDs and all this stuff. He's looking at it and he's just shaking his head and I go, what? what's on your mind there, fella? And he goes, my dog can't do it. I said, why not? He said, cause she's afraid of him. I said, how'd that happen? She poked herself. I said, dude, you know how many times I hear that? I hear it a lot. Now, can you get away without doing it? You can, but you, you might get a pheasant dog by taking a pup and putting it in a pen full of roosters and crossing your fingers. Hope it works out. But I'm a betting man. Like, I, you got Pheasants Forever hat on. I don't turn out bird dogs by crossing my fingers and hoping it works. I start out with a balled up sock, then I go to a puppy bumper, then I tape some wings to it, I add some scent to it. I slowly cold game, fresh killed game, pigeons. I get steps before my dogs ever see a rooster. I do the same idea with an antler. I introduce them to the shape of it without them having the risk of tripping on it poking themselves, jabbing themselves. Then I condition in that shape, then I go to the scent, and then I go to feel. So when I got that dog making these retrieves, you can throw them for them all day long, and I get the person that has success with that. Because they throw stuff, and the dog goes and gets it, and the dog brings it back. They get all types of success that way, but as soon as the thing's laying on the ground, their dogs won't pick them up, and they become very frustrated with that. So I think there's, drills that you need to do to build these skills to have them understand it doesn't always come out of my training bag it doesn't always get thrown who here is who here is a shed hunter who here has been in the woods and watched a shed we'll see you guys who here oh you're raising your hand as shed hunters good work good work who here has seen a buck run through the woods and shed both sides i saw it once on youtube like, you're just not gonna see it. So I'm not gonna train my dogs to scour the landscape and watch for antlers to fall and then go pick it up. I'm gonna teach them to quarter and cast, use their nose, use their eyes. When they see something or smell something, check it out, investigate it. If it is something that looks like this, pick it up and bring it back to me. But that's Z and we're over here at A. We're pitching bumpers for them and they're picking it up. Dogs don't go from A to Z. Dogs go from A to B B to C, C to D, eventually we get to Z. So, spry, heel. You saw me throw it down for her. She made the retrieve, no problem. Most people can get their dogs to do that because it's real instinctive, it's real natural. This is what I'm gonna, watch this and tell me what I do different. Spry, heel. Similar, right? Here, 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 here. Spry, get up, get up. Looks pretty similar. What I do different? What I do? Uh, you walk forward, uh, stop, and throw it. Yep. And you walk back. That's the key. I threw it, 
and I came back. And I, who, who timed that? Was it more than 2.7 seconds from when I dropped it to when I came back and sent the dog? Short-term memory, it was off. It was beyond that. She picked it up, but she picked it up partially because we just did this before. We've done this before. We've retrieved in the same spot. We made the same retrieves. Everything is very comfortable to her. We did it th twice before. The difference is, is this time I didn't throw it. This time she had to pick it up off the ground. So I'm starting to bridge the gap of the understanding of it doesn't always come out of my training bag and out of my hand. Instead, sometimes it gets picked up. Now that's visual and those are drills that we can do to get them doing that. Scent-wise is important too. I don't want dogs to just use their eyes. I want dogs to use their nose as well. This is a liquid scent. I make it myself. Lots of different parts and pieces of, an el of scenting elements and antlers. Some of them are there all the time, some of them aren't. I'm putting it on a tennis ball because I like tennis balls because they hold scent really well. Now, I'm going to ask a favor out of you. Could you kick that tennis ball to that side? Just roll it down the aisle. Did it ping pong around a little bit? It only went a foot. <laughs> Taylor's really gonna like you because she's gonna go, man, I'd thank you for that. Okay, tennis ball went down the aisle with scent on carpet. I have no idea where the wind is right now. I have no idea what the scent is doing in this room. That's real important. So what I'm gonna have the dog do is I'm gonna, the, it dropped right here and it rolled and rolled and rolled, went off the wall, came back, and we got it a 90 degree turn. It's really a nice little simulated track. So one of the things that we're gonna do is we're gonna have her hit that trail and work her way down. She's probably gonna go past the turn and we'll see if, now that's, that's how I envision it in my head right now. The chances of it happening that way are slim to none because it just doesn't work that way. But she is gonna use her nose and we're gonna see if she can find it. And I'm gonna leave her alone. I'm not gonna talk her through this. Sometimes we gotta help our dogs. Sometimes we have to let them figure stuff out. This for a dog is a big puzzle, finding these things. They're piecing all these scent clues together. They're piecing some visual clues together. They're going back to the memory of some of the drills that we've done that are similar. But like it's a basket, if it's a basketball team, you don't get good by playing tournaments. A good basketball team starts out in a cafeteria with a bunch of chairs and all they do is dribble around them because they develop a ball handling skill. And then they do passing drills. Well, passing drills don't look like a tournament. But you have to be able to pass the ball to win the game, win, to get good and win. You have to do all these individual skills first, master them, and then start connecting them. It's like a chain. Like one link does me no good. But if you got a bunch of links and you connect them, now you got something you can use. So Taylor says, oh boy, I gotta do something. Now I'm gonna put her down and I'm gonna give her a hunt command. I'm not gonna line her. I'm not gonna send her on it like we would normally send her on something. That's a lining drill. This is a hunt command and the, and the scent should start like right about here. So I'm gonna give her a hunt command and you heard my hunt command before. The difference is, is this time she's gonna be able to go and, and move on it. She's again, pretty good eyes, locked in on me. All right, find it, find it, find it. Whoop, Did, oh, you're a good girl. Come here, that was too easy for you. Did, it, did, did anybody not see it? Because it was too quick. She, yeah. Scent of it. she stopped on a dime, didn't she? Yep. I didn't line her and send her. She hit it here, and her body language told me, boy, she's got wind of it, just like a bird dog. Now that was, unfortunately, that was too simple. Now she's got visual on it. I'm gonna leave that for a while. Because if I sent her right now, she'd run over there. But we're gonna do something different with her. We're gonna change the timing with this. We're gonna let her forget about it and do something different. But that, what I liked about that was she took a good line and then she was at the same pace. I thought she'd run right through the wall 
And she stopped on a dime, turned and went 90 degrees, and boom, found it. That was all nose, 100% nose. Yesterday, we put it in a room, probably similar to this size. It took her three or four minutes at least to find it. And I think she ran past it four or five times. Like literally, she was within an aisle of it and she went this way, she went that way, she went this way, she went that way, it was right here, she went past it three, four times. And I didn't say a word, I just let her go, let her go, let her go, let her go, let her go. And her little scope of nose went from this big to start shrinking down to this big, to start shrinking. And part of it was because when she first started out, she was pretty full of energy. And she probably was outrunning her nose, just happy to move. And then all of a sudden she started to realize, it's not that easy. I'm not just gonna bump into it. I'm actually gonna have to use this thing. And she started to dial in on it. You were in the seminar yesterday, weren't you? You were too back there? She started to dial in on it. And then she started to work. And it was like this cone got smaller and smaller and smaller. And then all of a sudden I saw her tail wagging as she came out of the aisle with the ball in her mouth. So she dialed in. Now that scent smells like an antler. That reward was a tennis ball. Tennis ball is like the secret weapon for a dog trainer. Dogs love them. I know dogs that are not retrievers that I can get to retrieve by using tennis balls. And I can put scent on it and make it smell like anything I want. My duck dogs, my pheasant dogs, my tracking dogs. I sell a, a scent called Blood Trail. It's for training tracking dogs. I use a chucket and a tennis ball and I skip it and I have it ping pong all over the place and I put this Blood Trail scent on it. And it's a really fun game for my tracking dogs, like Tito here, to find it. Oh, he's just loving life right now. Let's, let's bring, let's bring, let's use Tito. Taylor. Now, Taylor, get up. Let's see him. He has not done this at the show. I, now, so now I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking right now. I just said, let's, let's use Tito. And then I'm going, this one's a lot harder than the one Taylor just did. And I'm going back to a young dog that struggled a lot on Friday, had some issues with us. And I'm gonna ask him to do this. So I'm going, is that really the best move for me as a trainer? Set your dogs up to succeed, don't set them up to fail. So instead what I'm gonna do, is I'm gonna change this. I've got another tennis ball in here. So I'm gonna back up. What do I do with that scent? You got it? Hey, thanks partner. I'm going to do this. I'm going to rescent another tennis ball. Now I just dripped it on the ground and Tito went, his nose is just working right now. You can let that go. Thank you. Okay. We just rolled the tennis ball down. Steady, calm, and quiet. Threw it right past his ear. He didn't break. That goes back to the foundation. One of the things I haven't really talked about is how important the found any of these drills that we're doing We can't do them without a good foundation because you know what a cluster it would have been if I can't get a dog that Drill for trailing memory. Do you know what a mess it would be if your dog doesn't heal well? You'd get nothing out of it because you'd just be fighting them to get them to walk on the leash I can't stand watching people walk down the road and let their dog take them for a walk. I can't stand it. I stopped one time and helped a lady because I went, I can't drive past you. <laughs> Your dog is going to, I can't see it. These guys have to have a good foundation to do drills like this or you're going to really get frustrated quickly. I haven't gotten frustrated much at all today. Feeling pretty good about it. I pray every morning for lots of stuff. Patience is like number one because I have kids, I have family, I have work, I have dogs. Thank you. Eyes locked. He will see it. I know he'll smell it. Tito. Good dog. Good, 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 good. Here, 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 here. Come on, come on, come on, come on to me, come on to me, come on, here, come on. Good boy, good boy, good boy, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's a, hic it's a little hiccup of his. I told Jeff about it. Hold conditioning is a real formal process. Teaches a dog to deliver to hand. He's got it stuck in his head right now that this little memory of our hold conditioning 
paralyzes him dead. Good boy. Good boy. He gets paralyzed with the delivery. Because mentally he just feels, sit. He just feels like he can't move his feet sometimes when he's got something in his mouth. That's something we got to get over. So the way I'll probably end up doing it is putting him on a lead. I'll trade you with that. Will you grab me the elk antler? I put him on a lead because as soon as I put him on a lead, he's really comfortable. Because he's been, I've, I put him on a lead a lot. I'm big on heel work. Thank you very much. He's eventually going to hunt these. I'm going to do this. We're going to try something. I, we're going to go against everything I preach. Because I do kind of want to show some mistakes. So one of the things that, that, we, that I'm big on is don't test your dog, train them. If you don't think your dog can do something, don't try it. Take a step back, do what you know they can do. So I'm going to learn. I don't, I, I'm so torn right now. Do I do it? Because I don't think he'll do it. You're laughing at me. I'm torn right now. If I send him right now, I think he's going to blink on it. I just don't think he's going to pick it up. I think it's too much going on. So I'm going to live by my own words. I'm going to set him up for success. Come here. Sit. Sit. Good boy. Does anybody see his body language change as soon as we... He just gets tense. Hold. 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 Good boy. Come on. Come on. Good boy. Come on. Oh, the little robot moved. Come on. Come on. Come on. Here, 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 here. Come on. 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 Good boy. Good boy. Good boy. Come on. Come on. He just can't look me in the eye. Come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Good. Good boy. Dead. As soon as it comes out of his mouth, what does he do? He frees right. Get up. Get up. He frees right up. Okay? So, sit. Let's see if we can't just build off of that. Hold. Hold. Good. Come on. Come on. I'm going to bump him. Come on. Good. Good boy. Good boy. Good boy. Come on. Come on. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's a good boy. That's a good boy. Come on. That's a good boy. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Good. Good boy. Good. Dead. Good boy. Whoop. It's out of his mouth. He's free again. Good. Hold. You hear that clanking? It's hard on a soft-mouthed dog to do that. That's why I don't start out with hard antlers. It's uncomfortable. It's bred into him for 100 years to have a soft mouth, and I'm sticking something hard in there. Come on, let's go. Good boy. Come on. Tito, here, 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 here. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You can't walk backwards. Come on, come on. Good boy. Good. Good. Good boy. Come on, heel, heel, heel. Good. Come on. Nope, 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 nope. Tito, heel. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Good. Good. Dead. Let's do this. Grab me that antler, that white tail antler in there that's kind of long and... You hold that one second. Okay. Didn't do what I hoped he'd do. I hoped by the second or third time he'd start to move a little bit and wag his tail. He didn't do it. Come on. Heel. Sit. Spry, come on. Let's put a leash on her. Spry. Spry, come here. Spry couldn't handle it. So I'm missing out on this. Come on. Taylor, place. Place. So we're going to fix it. We're going to put a leash on the dog that got loose. My, I just reminded myself, don't get mad. Like this is the point where things aren't going as good. This seminar went pretty good up until this point. Like I was feeling really good about it. Now I'm going, I expected that dog to wag its tail and move by the third time we did it. He didn't. So I'm going, hmm, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. No, no. Well, not in a comfortable spot. 
He did when he first started, but I got him so comfortable, he, was retrie he retrieves it for me. He digs it out of the snow and retrieves it. He's just not going to do it here for me. Part of it is, is a new spot. But I'm, I'm over here, and the other part is, is as I get a little intense with it, is it getting warm? Did they turn the heat up in here? Because that's how I'm feeling. So I'm going to laugh it off a little bit. I'm going to take a deep breath. Spry's not going to go wiggling around the stage anymore. Why did she do it? Because I got excited. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And she went, God, I can't help it. It's a conditioned response in me. I got to come. So, heal. Good. Hold. Good. Come on. Come on. Good boy. Good boy. That's it. Come on. Come on. Good boy. Good. Good. Come on. 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 Good boy. Right here. Good. Good. Come on. Good. Good boy. That's a good boy. Good boy. Yep. Good. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Good boy. There. Did anybody see the old happy meter going? Good. So we got something out of it. Now I'm going to end it. I'm not going to keep pushing it. Good boy. Dead. I'm not going to push it because, oh, things are going good. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And finally he goes, oh, this is getting up, feeling very good. And he spits it out. And I go, damn you, Tito. <laughs> and now I'm right back in where I was. Good. Good. Hold. Good. Good boy. Tito, heal. Come on. Come on. Good boy. That's a good boy. Good boy. Very good. Very good. Dead. Good boy. Good boy. Here. 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 Sit. Good boy. Hold. Good. Come on. 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 Tito. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Good boy. Heel. 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 Good. Good. That's a good boy. There it is. By God, we did it. Good boy. That's a good boy. Come on. Come on. Come on. Good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> dead. Dead. Good. What's that? Oh, I thought you said you were going to quit on the bottom of your I was. Oh. But I felt like I could get it. Oh, okay. way he, the way he did that last antler, the way he came around. So what did I have to do? Had to get a little smaller antler in there. He did his tennis ball real nice. I mean, I was real happy with that. So I went, he's not totally frozen up here. He just, we just need to take steps back. Now, sometimes people, sometimes people get to the point where they run into a roadblock like that. All right? What do you do? You don't always know what to do. I don't always know what to do. So I try stuff. Sometimes I'm really happy about it. Sometimes I go, that didn't work. Instead of getting more angry about it, I just go, I'll have to try something different. Sometimes the best thing to do is get a win and then quit. Be done. That time I thought, boy, I think we're close. Now that wasn't the end product. I'm not done with this dog. But we took steps there. And then I got out of it. I mean, when I first went to the antler, he didn't just come prancing right away. He went right back to that bad moment. Mm -hmm. But I think because we had done it a couple times at that little smaller whitetail antler, he went, I think I can do it. He went back to that moment. And I was, and my personal feeling was, I had a lot less pressure in my head. At the end of this leash, he feels everything I do. Like, that's the importance of connection with your dog. Do you think he would have done very well if he was afraid of me? I don't get dogs to do stuff because they fear me. I get them to do stuff because they trust me. So I think that's a specific thing to this, in this situation. But I think it's the big picture, too. My dogs trust me. And when things don't go very well, where do you, when things are getting tough in life, where do you go? You go to the people you trust. Because they're the ones that are going to help you get out of it. He needs to look to me to get out of stuff when he gets in a pinch.
If he doesn't trust me, I'm not going to have that. So I, I, how do I get all that stuff? That foundation. We build it all there. His heel work is pretty good. Heel. Heel. Good. His feet are pretty good. That's where he needs to be. So by me leaning my shoulders into him, he goes, Oop, I better get back. Hard for a dog to walk backwards. They're not used to it. We've had to work literally on every step he takes. And then he starts to just kind of get in a rhythm with me. But time. His whole body language just tightened up because he went, what the hell is going on here? I don't want him doing it because I'm forcing him to do something. I want him to do it because he understands what I'm looking for. He happily does it. This leash helps do that. This is a leash I designed actually. It's adjustable leader we call it, but the idea of it is, is if I have to get a correction, I can put it on and it turns back off. Everybody see that? You turn it on, it turns back off. If I have to correct him, it does that. If you put it on backwards and you put pressure on him, it doesn't release. So you can put these things on backwards. People call them choke collars, those chains. They're great tools. Do you sell them? These I do, yeah. Tito, here. Oh, no, Tito, here. Tito. Do you have them at your booth? I do at the booth, yep. Tito. He went to a place. Where did he go? He went to a safe spot. Good boy. So yeah, I do, we sell these at our booth. But those are tools. These are just mechanical things that help me do stuff. We sell a kit that's our training dummy, our scent, and a training booklet that I wrote. We have a DVD that kind of goes with it, walks you through the steps. It's a lot of information. It's th over three hours, the DVD. We have a free, that hold conditioning that I talked about, how important that was. This is how important I think some of that stuff is. The hold conditioning, we had it as a DVD. It was part of our shed one. It was an hour long. And I thought, man, that's four and a half hours. It's too long. <laughs> like, I wouldn't watch a four and a half hour DVD. So we give the DVD away, the hold for free. You can go to our website up on the top of our thing, hold conditioning link, you can click on it. It's free. You can watch it. It's pretty good, I think. I mean, we were going to sell it, but I thought, it's too much. But it's produced. It's, it talks about how you get hold from start to finish. So that, all that stuff, our website is Dogbone Hunter. So we're, I think we're running out of time, but I didn't get through, what's that? Oh, we got a tennis ball. Yeah, okay. We're going to end it with a bang, I hope. <laughs> Taylor, come here. Here. Find it. Find it. Let's go. Find it. So we're just going to see your natural, kind of a natural quartering and casting, I hope. Good dog, right here. Good dog. The tennis ball equals a reward for her, but she found it because of her nose. I mean, she might have wandered into it, bumped into it. I doubt it. She could have wandered anywhere in this room. There's a reason why she went back in there. She smelled it. She smelled it. Taylor. So, tools. So, Dogbone Hunter is our website. I mean, we didn't get through nearly the stuff I wanted to. But they're never, they're never the same. They're always a little different. You want to see a different seminar? Go to our YouTube channel because we've recorded several of them. They're totally different than this one. Uh, but Dogbone Hunter is our Facebook or Instagram. It's our YouTube channel. It's our website, dogbonehunter.com. I'm in booth. I got a booth downstairs. We're in A23. We're in that north end of it. If you have questions, does anybody have any quick questions? Because I, I hate to not do questions dog that really likes to retrieve. Yep. I've got a black lab, but he really likes to retrieve, but he, he wants to do the victory lap deal. Sure. Have you ever put it on a 20 or 30 foot lead and then just coaxing back to you? If I absolutely have to, but the problem with that is, is you get these dogs to brace against you, just like Tito did there. So, it, yeah, and then they brace harder. So instead of having that, just set yourself up where you don't give them any options. Like, how many dogs like to just sit still and look at you? They want to do something, especially when you just sent them on a retrieve. So, this dog will take a 
fence, but, but I'm in an open area. Yeah. I know buddies that take snow fence. Sure. So eliminate the opportunity, get into a corridor. Yeah, get into a corridor, have a closed end on it, and then pitch out to there. Dog goes and gets it, and then here's what you need to do. Don't stand there on the end and go, get over here. Here, get over here. You know, why would a dog want to come back to the guy that's hollering at him? Because you know what happens when they do come back? You light them up. I wouldn't come back either. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I do. Come here, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Get down, get excited, get happy, and all of a sudden they come to you, and when they do, time that praise with God. And then they go, oh, that's all he wanted. If recall is a problem, work on recall. Anytime I have an issue, I can link it back to one of four things. Heel, sit, stay, come when I call you. Any problem in the field comes back to that one way or another. Foundation is really important. So we're in A23. If you guys have more questions, you're welcome to come down. Um, I just don't want to run. What, what time is it? So they're coming in probably pretty quick. So thank you guys for sitting through it. I, I love doing this show. Iowa Deer Classic is always a good one for us. Um, I thank you for sitting through it. And like, if I can help you in any way, I will. So get a hold of me, whether it be Facebook Messenger or Instagram Messenger or my email or on the back of our package is my phone number. People thought I was really crazy for putting that on there. I get a lot of phone calls, a lot of text messages. I'll get back to you. Sometimes it just takes me a little while. But I'll get back to everybody. So if I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. Okay? Thanks, guys. Oh.